and there's a little guy bouncing next. Like, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. Yeah, 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 Spike, yeah, Spike. Right, it's that kind of thing. <laughs> Welcome to Charboard Chats. I keep trying to get Louise to watch some Looney Tunes stuff. Oh, oh my God. Because, like, Sylvester and his son. Sylvester? <laughs> oh, father, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> You have to watch the old ones. Yeah. I don't like the really old ones because those are creepy to me. I like them more like 50s, 60s. If you're talking about 30s, 40s, those are creepy to me. You know, the Roadrunner ones? Yeah. The, the, the early ones were perfect. They were oh, well, they those, had a rhythm Those are to newer them. to me. Those those are the newer ones. Like, I, I just think of like the style that kind of... Right. It's it's to me, it's they're creepy to me like silent films are. But Roadrunner, yeah, I don't think there's any like old, old ones like for Roadrunner. No, not old, old, but the first ones that came out had a, yeah, they got that rhythm and the perfect, you know, it was funny. And then they tried to make new ones and they mm-hmm. weren't. Agreed. Oh. It was just the tone of them or the something. Well, the animation was work. different too. The animation kind of got more, yeah. I don't know, simplified or, yeah, it just didn't look as good. Yeah, I loved, um, Daffy Duck was my favorite character, no doubt about that. Because he was so angry all the time. <laughs> like when his bill goes around the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I have to force him to watch it, you know. It's so funny because, like, I recommend things all the time and he'll resist and resist it. And then he'll finally watch it and it'll, he'll watch it like 20 mm-hmm. times, you know. Well, we used to, remember, we used to watch cartoons on Saturday mornings, you know. There was no cartoon 24-7 Eight zillion choices, you know, now... I was literally just thinking about this this morning, like, should we talk about cartoons? (laughs) That's weird. Well, and and we used to, I don't know about you, and maybe this is just our family life, but we were part, you know, we used to watch cartoons every morning, too. Mm -hmm. Like, before school, we'd we'd watch some of them. What were on, what was on your station? You were in New York then. Yeah, well, we had, you know, So you probably had more sophisticated No, probably not. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Well, Captain Kangaroo was right. in New York. And... I never watched. I never watched that. Talk about creepy. <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. Never liked it because we had. We talked about the ones that we had. We had Rocket Ship Seven and Commander Tom, our own Buffalo mm. homegrown. Those ones. were Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, but um, the cartoons like Popeye. I remember Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Deputy Deputy Dog. And Deputy Underdog. Dog. Yes, Underdog was really good. What did you watch though, Wally? Because you you know, there's like maybe a little age gap. Saturday morning was just, but it was mostly it seems like old cartoons and old movies. Yeah, old movies you know, too. The, in the fifties, thirties movies were cheap. They could they could run them on TV, like the Marx Brothers and stuff. So like I was brought up thinking the world was was more like the thirties than the fifties. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Did you guys ever have the Bowery Boys? Oh yeah, or the, yeah, we watched that a ton too. The dead end kids. Dead end kids. They were the. Yeah. I don't know if they were the same people. Sometimes I think they were interchanged and. Yeah, some of them were the same characters. We didn't watch those, but it doesn't mean they weren't around. We just. And didn't the Three watch them. Stooges. And, yeah, Three Stooges uh, we watched. And the little kids. What was the? Oh, the little uh, our gang. Our gang. There we go. Our yeah. Gang. Yeah. Right. I didn't. It's Three Stooges were the only ones uh, of that bunch of stuff that we watched because we were mostly more cartoons oh and then there was <laughs> um god what's it i was just reading an article about this the other day the tip of the tongue thing and how it high up and so often for people who are our age and up um 
the the Gumby and Pokey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then Davy and Goliath. I used to love Davy and Goliath. Yeah. It was so. Davy. It was so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Davy. <laughs> Um, I think I was too old for that. Yeah, you probably were. You had aged out. <laughs> a few series too, like the like Hopalong Cassidy and oh. Roy Rogers. They'd be like one after the other. Yeah, like late on Saturday morning because they were more highly and, produced. And those used to be in the movies, though, right? Were they shorts in the movies, or they were? Yeah, they, they all were the movies. they all did full length movies, and yeah. I think they did short, you know, serial type things, and then they transferred right to. To TV, and uh, you know all the kids would have their favorite. I like Hopalong Cassidy, and I like Roy Rogers, and he's a jerk. That kind of stuff, that kind of Roy stuff. Rogers is a jerk. Well, as the kid who liked Hopalong Cassidy would would you know dismiss Roy Rogers as a, you know, <laughs> and and you knew you knew their uh, you know their pets' names and their yeah. horses' name, and like with uh, with Roy Rogers, you. Pat Buttram was his sidekick. <laughs> I remember him. And he had a Jeep, a Nelly Bell, which and your the kids kids would all know that, that Pat Buttram's Jeep was called Nelly Bell. I I think I'm right on that. I may have Nelly Bell. Messed it up. Hmm. Yeah. But all that was part of your your world, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, you get up early on Saturday morning and sometimes turn on the TV and there would be the the Indian head because oh, they, yeah, yeah. they weren't on the air or they, you know, in those, in those days, uh, like early fifties, TV was a really right. sketchy thing. It didn't always work. The guys would show up and turn it on and it, and it wasn't there. So I, it would go to like to eight o'clock and then eight fifteen, And I'd be like, what the hell, where's the TV? What are they doing? They're ruining my life. And they'd just be that. Just a time pattern, yeah. Oh, you mean like the guys at the station wouldn't have shown up? But oh, that's fine. Well, they, either they didn't show up, or it was a tricky thing to get all those tubes warmed up. Oh, and they, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 That's <laughs> funny. Oh, the plug it in. Spare the plug. <laughs> that reminds me of a story of, of my. <laughs> oh boy. Reminds me of a story. <laughs> my early job as a DJ. Did I ever tell this one on the podcast? Yes, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. I don't know if I do. I went to a, a temporary agency. This was like shortly after college, and I just had to get a job. Walked in and talked to a guy about a job, and he, he gave me a piece of paper with a paragraph on it, and he said, read that. So I read it out loud, and he said, okay, show up Monday morning at, at this little radio station on the top of a mountain in Troy, New York. How interesting. I became the overnight sensation DJ. <laughs> yeah, it was a sensation. I was in charge of the Dolly Holiday show. The Holiday Inn people hmm. sent around these records. Dolly Holiday, spokesperson for the Holiday Inn. Dolly Holiday. I love it. And she would introduce a song and then you'd play the record. And then every like 28 minutes, I had to put on a new Dolly Holiday record. 11 to 7. <laughs> One night I fell asleep and I fell asleep from what I figured later about around 1.30 and I woke up around 4 and the record was going at the end of the thing. There wasn't a single call. 
manager of the station <laughs> Whoa. didn't know. No one anything. knew. The Dolly Holiday <laughs> show was just going out for no reason at all. Anyway, so I, I just pretended, pretended I hadn't fallen asleep, never told anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. You had to fill out a log, you know, for the FCC, like like every half hour. What did you do? And did you check the <laughs> antenna? And did you, So I just filled, filled in a lot of fake stuff. You know, Walt, yeah. I feel like you could be prosecuted right. for that now. I, oh, you can. They, <laughs> no, I mean they, you still could. Yeah. Right. I you know, I'm sure the statute of limitations hasn't <laughs> run out. And the other thing was one night it was a tremendous ice storm. And mm-hmm. during my training to be a DJ, oh, which sh- took probably twelve minutes, they had shown me these the antenna was right next to the station on literally one of those little things on the top of a mountain. And you had to check the dial and write down these various <laughs> dials, what the reading was. And they said, if for some reason the thing becomes overwhelmed with ice, you've got to turn it off because it'll it'll like feed back on itself, the ice on the top and the, the electromagnet going out and the thing coming down. So it was snowing like crazy and icy. And I went in and I looked and the dials were all all the way up into the red. So I thought, geez, this whole thing is going to blow up. So I just turned it all off. And then I went home. And, you know, like at 2 o'clock in the morning. 7 o'clock when the other guy is supposed to come on. Of course, the thing was shut off and nobody was there. And the manager of the radio station called me at 7 o'clock and said, what What did you do? You, you just walked me, turned it off and walked away. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what you wanted me to do to make sure it didn't blow up. And he said, did you play the national anthem before you signed off? And I said, well, <laughs> no, I didn't even sign off. I just turned it off. And he was livid. He was. Really? You didn't tell him you only got 12 minutes of training. What do you expect? <laughs> he thought I was irresponsible. I mean, you just didn't do things like that, like turn off right. a radio station. Right. Without telling someone. There's an article there or a story there or a movie there. Come on. You got to write about that. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun to listen to. So did that movie, The Vast of Night, then kind of resonate with you, the station that he was in? It was just like that. That was such a cool movie. I loved that movie. I haven't seen that. It's new, and it's about... um, this, these two kids, one of them is uh, works at a radio station. They're high school seniors, I think, or something like that. And the other one is yeah. a phone operator. And it's just about what happens one night when they're both on duty and some weird stuff happens. But there's, you know, it's very, yeah. it's it's done in black and white. Super good. And <clears throat> there's this one shot in it, this one tracking shot that's just blows you away, you know? Yeah, they did a great job with no money. Um, yeah, it was super good. Vast of Night? Vast of Night, okay. yeah. I watched The Lost Daughter last night with Olivia Coleman. Oh, was that good? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. When you say interesting, as a, <laughs> is that good? It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I definitely wanted to watch it till the end. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pensive movie for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what looks it, what looks kind of funny is, and I you know I hate rom coms, but um, that one with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Oh yeah, I saw the <laughs> I saw the trailer for it, and it looks really funny, and I really like her. You know, I I just 
I think she's so appealing. Yeah, know? I think she's funny, too. Yeah. That scene with the uh, leeches. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he says at one point something like they're asking him to do something really dangerous, and he says he's um, certified in CrossFit or something. <laughs> that's, right, like, right. that's really funny. I don't and the, know. the gimmick of having Brad Pitt save the day. Is the, yeah, right. which I love, too. Right. <laughs> It looks kind of like his role in Megamind, you know, which, of course, it was the animation, but still, mm-hmm. you know, he had that goofy role. I like him when he's goofy. I mean, I, he's good. Goofy. Yeah, I thought he was kind of goofy even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, when he's up on the roof thinking about his thing with Bruce Lee and right, then they cut right. to him on the roof and he's just like, you know, right. <laughs> <laughs> we went to see The Godfather the other night, the 50th anniversary oh, wow. release. Yeah. yeah it was was that all it, remastered I, and everything? or? Well, I don't know if it's remastered or not, because I feel like maybe they did that already. Yeah. And maybe it's just re, re-released. Right. And right. Um, I feel like I never saw it on a big screen because, you know, how old was I when mm-hmm. I came out? It wasn't something I probably would have wanted to see. And so having seen it so many times now, because, you know, Luis just watches it over and over and over. It was really fun to see it on the big screen, though, and see all the little connections and, you know, mm-hmm. how, like, Tessio, he's already kind of being, you know, like, he's not wearing a suit and everyone else is wearing a suit. And I'm like, oh, that's got to indicate what happens later. And, you know, <laughs> it was just... But you may not, you may not see on a small screen. Yeah, actually, yeah. And, and you probably don't notice until mm-hmm. you've watched it 20 times. <laughs> so, right. You know, that is the one value of watching something over and over. You can just see like how well constructed mm-hmm. it is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that you once you see it, you have to keep watching it. Yes, mm-hmm. that is definitely one of them. Office Space is another. <laughs> that was just on. It's like you cannot stop watching that. <laughs> Airplane. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have never it. seen that. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I Grace. know. I don't know how, but I never have. That's your assignment for next yeah, time. Okay. And, yes. And Bailey watches Walk Hard. And oh, Grace yeah. watches. Walk Hard. Walk Thank Hard. You. Hard. <laughs> Down lives. Rocky Road. <laughs> How was your trip to Boston, Bailey? It was good. We had a. Who cares? We had a... <laughs> Thanks for listening to Charboil Chats. I'm Wally. I'm Grace. I'm Bailey. <laughs> But seriously, Bailey, did you guys go there for grad school or something? Was she looking at, or just a trip? Just a trip. Yeah, um, yeah we uh, we were originally going to go to New York with my mother, mm. but mom had to, she had a little skin cancer in her leg, and she had to have radiation, so she couldn't go. Oh, jeez. So Rachel said, well, we can't go to New York without gamming, you know. So let's go to Boston. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> so we went to Boston. We visited my mother on What'd the way, and then we uh, stayed the night, and we went to Boston. So the weather, the weather totally dictated what we did. Friday was beautiful. Oh. So we did the Freedom Trail. Oh, nice. And we walked about eight miles that day. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And then Saturday, that was crappy. So we went to the aquarium with every other person and their children with strollers. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, <laughs> and then uh, we went to the Isabel Gardner Museum uh, in the afternoon. You've been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place. I mean, is... it was right across. I, Northeastern is right across. Oh, that's the street right. From that's it. right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we took the tea out there and we saw Northeastern. Yeah. yeah. What a crazy museum that is. Just... It is. I don't know who she is. Isabella Stewart Gardner. I can't remember what her thing was. She's just probably some rich person who collected shit. Yes, probably. 
They did they talk about that big theft that they had oh, from yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, so they have well they have on their website and they and they the places where the paintings were, there's just space. They didn't. So they never recovered those. They've nope, and they have never recovered it. And there's you know still because some of them there's a there's twelve or thirteen pieces I think. There are like three Rembrandts and a, a Vermeer, but they've wow. never been. So recovered. these aren't like cheap things. No, they've never been recovered. Wow. Wow, so Walt, this imagine? this woman has this this house on the outskirts of you know in Boston, and she collects, every, I mean everything, everything kind of like Margaret Woodbury Strong did, but it was hers with toys and such, and she just kind of puts things out in her house, and people come in and would come in and see it, and she'd host all these events and parties and with all these dignitaries and writers, and she was very, very connected. And she's got tons of letters, which I actually found to be more fascinating than a lot of the hmm. art, because there's so much art in the, a lot of the rooms. Yeah, I don't remember those. <laughs> this is probably more than you want to know, but, but before she died, she stipulated that the house would remain exactly how it was. So in other words, people couldn't come in and, and you know, move paintings or put new lighting in or, or put descriptions of the paintings. It was exactly how she left it. So it's kind of this weird hodgepodge of stuff, and it's it's like three. Could they dust? They dust, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But they didn't move. Yeah, they couldn't clean. But they either. didn't move any of the art. They didn't, you know, it's like this room is only this particular style. It was all just how she left it. That's why she wanted it. So it's kind of you know the Wolfsonian in Miami is sort of like that? that. It's not in a house, but it's just obviously a collection that this Wolfson person, you know, made and, and there's some really cool stuff in there, but there's like no rhyme or reason right, to it, right. you know. Yeah. I just watched a documentary about Jay Mizell. Mm-hmm. Mizell. Yeah, I know that name. Who is he's that? A photographer. He's in his 80s now, but he he bought a bank in New York. He was looking for a place to have a studio. <laughs> the realtor said there's got this bank, and he said he thought he knew which one it was, and he said, "Okay, that sounds good." It turned out it wasn't the bank he thought it was, and it was a six-story building oh my somewhere gosh. in New York. And since then, when he bought that, I don't know, in the 70s or something, he literally filled up every floor, and it's like thousands of square feet, with stuff, like like you're talking about. That Some of it's art, but some of it is just stuff he found on the street. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it, it's an amazing, it's called uh, Jay Myself. It's so appealing, though, because like... You know, now I don't, there's things I don't buy and there's things I'm getting rid of because I'm like, why do I need this? But I, I hate to get rid of them, you know, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't be nice to have six stories to just put them in. <laughs> or not. Yeah, or not. I'm Bailey. I'm Grace. I'm Wally. Maybe we should start out. I'm Bailey. I'm Grace. I'm Wally. And you've, you've been, been listening, listening to Tarble Chat. 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 That reminds me of a story. Oh, boy. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. Yeah, is everybody recording? Oh, my gosh, mine stopped. But why would it just stop like that? The story took so long, it probably didn't matter, Bailey. Go on, well. <laughs> my, my phone was so bored by it, it turned off.